0: The Moment has arrived. I'm Tom Dickinson, and you're listening to The Moment, a podcast about the television show Doctor Who. A podcast is like a radio show on the internet, and a television show is like a radio show with moving pictures. Each week on The Moment, I talk to a different Doctor Who fan, and I ask them to tell me about a moment of their choice. It could be anything from the show's history, maybe a moment they think is really interesting, or a moment that was really special to them personally. Sometimes, though, it can be a moment that they find kind of frustrating. This week, I'm joined by my friend Rachel T., and we're talking about a moment from Series 11, the very most recent series of Doctor Who, and the very first to feature Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. This moment comes from The Witchfinders, an adventure set in Lancashire in the year 1612 featuring witches, King James, and Weird Alien Mud. The Doctor and her companions land near Pendle Hill, where local magistrate Becca Savage has become convinced that the village is plagued by witches. In order to stop the violence of Mistress Savage's witch hunts, the Doctor claims to be a witch finder general sent by King James to take over witch hunting operations in the village. Rachel's moment happens not long after the Doctor and her companions arrive at Mistress Savage's manor, when the Doctor raises concerns about her witch hunting methodology, and the two begin to argue.
1: My moment is in The Witch Finders. There's an exchange between one of the sort of villains of the episode, Mistress Savage. Any moment where a witch is uncovered and Satan driven out has to be cause for a celebration. And the doctor. He keeps saying Satan, but how is Satan manifesting himself? here? Mistress Savage is citing the King James Bible. As King James has written in his new Bible, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. (laughs) The doctor sort of cuts in. In the Old Testament. There's a twist in the sequel, Love Thy Neighbor. And it's sort of like this big, like, burn, ooh, I got you moment. Um, And that is my moment. It felt really unsatisfying in the first viewing, and I couldn't quite figure out why. I kept coming back to it, because I think that was the turning point in this episode where they went from, this is an episode about witch hunting and religion, and that was where the episode sort of turned it to be this is more about king james and gender and how king james who is about to enter in the next like 30 seconds king james is gonna interact with the doctor you may prostrate yourselves before me God's chosen ruler
0: and Satan's greatest foe.
1: And the Doctor's new gender. And I sort of would have liked if they had stuck more to the religion aspect of the episode, which they just didn't do. For me, part of that is that I'm Jewish, and I would really like maybe if Doctor Who would have more Jewish characters, because it feels like a very Jewish show in premise, but there's just not a lot that actually comes through, and a lot of what I have to do is read into moments like this, and reading into moments like this, it's very disappointing. The Doctor is not meaning to be anti-Semitic in this moment, But a lot of times Christians can use the angry, fearful, vengeful Old Testament God to sort of show that, well, now we have the New Testament and forgiveness and love and everything is better in the New Testament without really meaning to say, but sort of implicitly saying, well, that's what the Jews are following in the Old Testament. So it's just something that I want the doctor not to have said, uh, but she said it. and I have to deal with
0: it. Yeah, so that is a lot. You're you're laying out there, honestly. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and the notion that New Testament God is the good one mm-hmm. is definitely something that I carried with me, and hearing the doctor say that was was, I think it was the first time it had really occurred to me that, oh, wait a second, no, that's coming from a deeply Christian bias, mm-hmm. whereas the doctor's an alien and is not from a Christian society. So it's very curious that she would have that.
1: I do think especially trying to understand it in universe with the doctor is particularly confusing because the doctor is not Christian, but is written to have like a deep knowledge of England mm-hmm. and is written sort of to have a comfortable Understanding with like Christian traditions. And so for the doctor in this moment to have no idea or anything about like King James' deep fascination and fear. witches is really confusing in universe. And I think someone who is not so versed in the kind of Christian God language that assumes things about the Old Testament, it wouldn't even occur to them. And I don't think that's the doctor, but that's how she's being written in the moment there. And I think that just unintentionally happens quite a
0: bit. Another thing you mentioned that I'm curious about is you just said something like the doctor who seems to have a very Jewish premise is that what you said yeah i'm very curious to know what you mean by that
1: (laughs) this isn't of my own like original thinking i i have seen sort of floating around different other jewish people sort of having noticed this before but again as like someone who has to read in a lot of the time the jewish stories that i would like to see it does feel like have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension the doctor have you is an outcast. The exiles from their home. Susan and I are cut off from our own planet, without friends or protection. For a lot of Jews. But one day, the diaspora we shall get back. Is a big part of yes our culture okay. and history one day um then like losing your home or losing like the temple whatever that like can mean and i don't know the doctor just has a lot of like rituals around the way that like it's called the talk. when you have a new companion they can travel anywhere in time and space how you introduce them to and it's mine your home and when you here we go regenerate good luck doctor and, sort of what like going on? when he's dying his, uh, his body it, it repairs itself it changes these are tropes but for a can't. tv show but they're also like rituals for how you start a new life and it's just strikes me as very Jewish, a lot, of, a lot of these things.
0: Did you know that Doctor Who was created by a Jewish man and that the original showrunner was a Jewish woman?
1: I did not know these things.
0: Sidney Newman. The idea of Doctor Who was a senile old man who had escaped from a distant planet ...in a spaceship. ...is usually credited as the creator, and I think rightly so, was a a Jewish-Canadian man, you know, working in UK television. And um, Verity Lambert, who he hired to produce it, was... uh, And he phoned me and and asked me, Verity, what do you know about children? And I said, no, absolutely nothing at all, as a matter of fact. He said, well, there's a new children's series that we're um, going to make, and um, we're looking for a
1: producer.
0: Anyway, I got the job. (laughs) You know, a a pretty young Jewish woman who was one of the very first women to have such a senior role on a television program at the BBC. So it it was kind of interesting to hear you say that because despite that, I can think of very few examples of explicitly Jewish characters in Doctor Who, the new series or the classic series.
1: That's really exciting. I did not know that. And it's exciting as it is, like, also disappointing in, I imagine, like, an alternate universe of, like, what could have been if there were actively Jewish characters in Doctor Who from the beginning. It also makes me think of the Superman comics, Mm. and that also was created by a Jewish writer. But Superman is, like, all American, and the sort of Jewish influences are sort of not made explicit even though there's a lot of connections to, like, the Moses story and Superman.
0: Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it, I would actually recommend around the time of Doctor Who's 50th anniversary, there was, like, a TV movie made about the creation of Doctor Who, An Adventure in Space and Time, and it's really interesting. It has, you know, Sidney Newman and Verity Lambert as characters. Verity, Sidney. What? Sydney. Sydney. Hello, stranger. And also the first ever director on the show was a, a young gay South Asian man. It's it's like kind of an astonishing amount of diversity in senior positions behind the scenes, which did not really translate to a lot of representation on screen.
1: I think that's neat also that I think a lot about the stories of creators that no one told. And I, I don't know how many of the people were still living when they created that, but I think that's amazing that it exists. And maybe they were able to talk to some of the like people still living.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I know they definitely did. Like Wars Hussein, the director um, I mentioned, he he definitely like you know met with the guy who played him, and and there's like photos of them together. Yeah. Do you think of the doctor as a religious character?
1: I do not, but there's also at least like with being Jewish, there's a lot of ways to. Not be religious in one way, but still be very strongly Jewish. I could consider the doctor Jewish in that sense, like there are a lot of people who I know who like would never keep kosher, would never go to synagogue unless you like drag them, would never like do a lot of things ritually that would be considered Jewish. But they would identify as Jewish,
0: one of the kind of interesting things I think about this version of the doctor, mm-hmm. the thirteenth doctor in particular, I kind of think that she's a little bit more religious than her predecessors, yeah, in that she's more of a participant in in ceremonies, and she, she she's more of a joiner, really
1: yeah i definitely see that too like there is much more of a like not not only like understanding but like willingness to understand that this doctor has of like social customs and you're a doctor right yes that's respectable like officiating you could marry us a wedding at one point i suppose i could no doctor haven't officiated a wedding since einstein's
0: his parents didn't approve
1: either but also like actually wanting to go over to one of the companions like houses and meet her family yeah do you want to come for tea at night definitely yes i would thanks I love tea. Tea at Yaz's, Wanting to do that as opposed to being you come in. All go for tea at Yaz's. tricked or dragged she or wills. unwillingly forced to do that. Wanting to be around people and communities. Yeah,
0: she attends a funeral in, in the first episode. and... Um, yeah, so even though they're gone from the world, they're never gone from me. And then in a later episode, the Saranga Conundrum, the character Eve Cicero dies, and there's a little funeral for her at the end of the documentary. May the saints of all the stars and constellations. Bring you hope. hope," says the prayer along with them I say guide you out the dark into the light. It's it's kind of interesting because I think I think there's been a real change in the way Doctor Who has tried to represent people with this particular most recent season. But clearly, you feel like it it falls short.
1: Um, in in this moment, yeah, I I don't think that was what the emphasis was meant to be in this moment. Yeah, and if it was, it definitely did fall short. One
0: one thing you mentioned was that you felt like this moment signaled a. A shift in focused and storytelling interest from religious issues to gender issues. I'm curious to know more about what you meant about that.
1: Yeah, um, because when I think about this episode from the perspective of this is one of the first times that the 13th Doctor is experiencing how much more difficult And specifically dangerous it is to be a doctor who is considered a woman like in different time periods. Honestly, if I was still a bloke, I could get on with the job and not have to waste time defending myself. This episode does that very well and introduces it very well. And focuses on it very well in in a way that maybe in doing so it kind of forgets some of the origins of witch hunts in having to do that.
0: The episode doesn't really have an opinion on whether it is right or wrong to feel that you sh- you should not suffer a witch to live. Yeah, which is kind of a moot point because there are no actual witches. There's just like some aliens. <laughs> but how do you approach and understand the presence of sayings like that in scripture versus things that seem to say the opposite?
1: Yeah, um, I think one of the ways that I look at difficult passages in um, the Old Testament or, like, the Torah in general, which happens a lot, is as a big story that a lot of people, specifically a lot of my ancestors, found important and found meaningful for a lot of years, and a story that I can find things that are important and meaningful for my life but there's not necessarily a value of truth that I'm assigning to everything that's there because it's from people and and I think that anytime at, at least like that I'm coming to religious texts looking at things through story and how they can be helpful so if I'm coming at a story and it's saying that like someone that, I believe as a person, should not be treated like a person, then I'm going to disregard that because it's a story and I need my stories to be treating people with dignity. But once that happens, then I think that there's things I can learn from any story and particularly like Bible.
0: This is um, kind of a related question, but in a different (laughs) way. When you have a moment like this where the doctor in Doctor Who is saying something like that, and obviously Doctor Who, for Most people is not a religion. For some people it is. But a lot of people who watch Doctor Who like to think of the Doctor as being a particularly good person and like a source of moral authority within the story. Whereas in this one particular moment, the Doctor is saying something that, you know, doesn't really ring true to you. And I'm wondering if that's something that you incorporate into your understanding of the show as, oh, the Doctor is a flawed person, or if it's something that you just mentally reject it and say no that's that's not part of the story that's meaningful to me
1: yeah uh the doctor is definitely not a good person i am not Um, a good man and for me it's a lot more interesting i'm not a bad man to watch the show knowing that and watching for that than watching the show, disregarding all of the times that um, the doctor makes mistakes or, you know, saying that, that that's not the real doctor. That's not my doctor, the one who is, you know, being reckless and making mistakes and saying horrible things. That is part of the doctor for me and something to reckon with hmm. the same way with uh, a lot of characters from uh, the Bible.
0: Yeah. For some fans, the inclination is more to just ignore what they don't like to kind of push it out of their mental canons and whether it's something like they morally disagree with it or it's something like they just don't like its place in the story like there's a big plot point in the, um, the 1996 TV movie that the half human the doctor is half human on my mother's side and <laughs> Fans are divided on whether that's something that they just kind of mentally skip over when they remember that story or whether it's something they uh incorporate into their view of the character i think I think actually it's probably a lot more the former than the latter
1: i mean that said i i don't I don't seek out more things to make me hate the <laughs> the characters that I enjoy watching or the shows that I enjoy watching like if it happens, I deal with it, but i don't I don't go looking for <laughs> reasons to uh not like the the
0: show that I like. Yeah, that's, that's probably a healthy way to go about it. <laughs> Do you know much about the origin and context of the particular Bible quotes that are cited in this little exchange?
1: A little bit. Word on the street is that um, love thy neighbor, quote from Jesus, is Jesus referencing... An earlier part of the Old Testament.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting that that gets characterized as from, quote-unquote, the sequel, when if you read it, it's very clear that he's citing earlier sources. It even says that in the gospel. In the gospel, according to Mark, there's a long sequence where Jesus is hanging out in Jerusalem, and a bunch of legal scholars from different factions are coming up and trying to stump him with questions about The Old Testament. And one of them asks him, what's the most important commandment? And then he says, you know, the most important one is love the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, which is Deuteronomy. And he says the second most important is... And this is from Leviticus, which is uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And the uh, teacher asked him, "Is like, hey, good answer. And Jesus is like, yeah. And they kind of have a rhetorical high five. And then like no one wants to talk after that.
1: That was a Jesus like mic drop moment. Basically. And just everyone was stunned silent. (laughs)
0: Um, What do you think of the character of King James? Forgive the mask. I have enemies everywhere and have to travel incognito also. I'd rather
1: like the drama. I still don't feel like enough historical background to know how I feel. Like, I've taken a Renaissance drama class. I've got some historical background on King James, but I just, in this episode at least, I feel like King James functions as just a force of power, and sometimes that force of power can be an ally and maybe you want that force on your side, but there's always like the darkness to that force of power. And even in like what I think are meant to be sympathetic moments in this episode between the doctor and King James, the doctor is like tied up and about to like be tried as a witch, but they're trying to have like a meaningful conversation that just don't don't do it for me because he's like a historical figure and you can't meaningfully like change the facts about King James and the hate he has caused in the world and death he has caused while alive. So it's really hard, like no matter how wonderfully Alan Cumming can like portray that just as a historical figure, uh, he's never going to be like my favorite
0: I feel like that's kind of a common problem in Doctor Who. A really good other example of that might be like, Doctor, Winston Churchill. Is it you? A uh, Winston, my old friend. Mm-hmm. Who is super good friends with the 11th Doctor, but isn't really a very good person <laughs> in the real world. He's just kind of played for a combination of laughs and sympathy more than like, historical accuracy or reckoning with what he really did or didn't do.
1: Yeah, I I do think at least for King James, there was a slight amount of reckoning. If it didn't exactly stick, there was at least an attempt made, an acknowledgement of that.
0: wear it like a hero, even though you're killing and
1: scapegoating and stirring up hate. I still find it wild that the doctor was oblivious to if there's a witch hunt going on and King James is mentioned and... King James's demonology book on how to hunt witches is shown in this person's office that's saying, like... Which is why we've come, to help you fix your problems without killing anyone. That's what King James would want. King James would have wanted you to love your neighbor and forget about this witch hunt business is going to be an effective argument.
0: I'm curious to know if you think she even really means what she's saying.
1: I, I don't think it would work if it's... I mean, where's the twist? Where's the joke? I know that King James is about to barge through these doors. So I'm going to set up like an ironic punk punchline <laughs> when I say how, you know, against witch hunting he would be. And he's going to come in and tell us to like ramp up the witch hunt. Maybe? That's, like, maybe more of a darker sense of humor than I've seen from the 13th Doctor?
0: Well, I mean, maybe she's just kind of trying to, um... There's a kind of argument that happens in contemporary politics and stuff on the internet where it's kind of accepted as sort of a background premise of the discussion that... We all believe in Christianity and we all want to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, quote mining, well, Jesus says this, therefore he doesn't want gay marriage to exist. Or or that the Bible says this, so trans women shouldn't be allowed to go into certain bathrooms or what have you. And then the other side of that argument sometimes trots out, well, actually, no, there are these... Other things where it's like, love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, if you read the story of the Gospels, Jesus is on the side of the oppressed. And it's not always because the people who are employing those arguments are like, Christians, even though in many cases they are, but it's more like, well, this is the kind of accepted framing for this debate. So let's have the debate within this framing. Am I, I'm kind of rambling. Yeah, no,
1: that, that, that makes sense. Before you can even have the conversation of, you know, this is a bad thing to be homophobic or to, you know, say that gay people shouldn't exist, having to have that conversation through religious talk before you can even get there. I see that happen, and I feel like I've had to know a lot more about Jesus's life and catchphrases (laughs) than I ever would have wanted to in order to feel like I can engage with some arguments. Just because in america that is sort of the like invisible framework for a lot of conversations
0: yeah another kind of example of the doctor just going into a situation and kind of accepting the background ideology and then trying to work within that is like kerblam where it's like there's this capitalist hellscape like the slogan says real people need real jobs Work gives us purpose, right? People have Somewhat, these miserable maybe. jobs, but they're lucky just to have jobs. <laughs> and the entire discussion about what's good and what's bad in that situation happens within this very narrow window of Amazon capitalist thought. You can't let the systems take control! The systems aren't the problem. How people use and exploit the system, that's the so I'm kind of Controls trying to figure that out myself as to how I think about this doctor, because there's so many like good trends of like inclusion and openness to humanity and just general compassion. But I'm also finding the opposite sometimes happens.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting thing to bring up because I haven't in this season thought so much about like what are the 13th doctor's sort of like flaws or blind spots. And it may be in wanting to, like, be so involved um, and be so connected to people, there is a certain amount that people have to do, but that the doctor is sometimes doing of just like, I'm just not going to question this or I'm going to work within this framework, even when it's not always going to be the best way to handle things.
0: I do kind of want to ask, what are your thoughts on this season as opposed to previous seasons
1: i i really enjoy the switch from stephen Moffat. episodes are much calmer rory listen she's not dead and well she is dead but it's not the end of the world there is not well it is the end of the world actually it's the end of the universe oh, no, big conspiracy big mystery it's a long story doctor it can't be told it has to be lived no sneak previews. Feeling that you can't well, make up your mind... Except for this one. ...about an episode until you've seen... You'll see me again quite soon. ...every single episode in this season. When the Pandorica opens. The way I watch Doctor Who, that is very good for me because I just enjoy being able to have a good time <laughs> with the Doctor and however many companions want to come along and whatever place they want to go to, in whatever setting... For whatever time they want to in that episode. Travel, hopefully, the universe will surprise you constantly. And sometimes you can make it a bigger thing, but um, I've had enough of that, and I really have enjoyed this Doctor. She has like a very refreshing world perspective that's really also good for me to watch in this time. In my
0: life, and how do you like this episode as a whole?
1: Oh, I, I really liked it. There are plot things that don't necessarily fit together, but I think it's a really fun episode. And thematically, I really like a lot of the places it goes with the gender and with the mud alien mud. With the
0: gender and with the mud. With
1: the mud. <laughs> as an episode, it's sort of placed in a vessel that doesn't always work, but the slime within the vessel works all the time and i enjoy that slime that mud slime
0: and on that note we bring this episode of the moment to a close thank you very much to my good friend rachel t who you can find on twitter at rt puppy dog that's the letter r then the letter t then the word puppy then the word dog you can find all kinds of good stuff over at themomentpond.com from show notes to past episodes to Well, those are the main things you can find there. So head on over there sometime. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Moment Pod, and you can support the show over at patreon.com slash themomentpod. And thanks to those of you who are already doing that, and to those of you who have given the show a warm welcome back into your homes and into your hearts and into your podcast apps. It really does mean a lot. I'm Tom Dickinson, and I'll be back in a moment.